You're listening to Blind Shovel, an arts and music podcast. Today I speak with Sam Bosma, illustrator and art director. Hope you enjoy. What's up, Sam? Hey, man. How are you? Good. Can you hear me all right? Yes. Loud and clear. Are you mic'd up? Are you headphoned up? I'm headphoned in. I'm uh, I'm doing AirPods. Right on. Is that an acceptable, acceptable headphones? Yeah, I use the, what would you say, the pre-evolved version with the, <laughs> with the wire? With the wire? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Can't trust the lack of wire, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I have many I have many gamer headsets, but they're all wired in. Of course. Do you game often? Uh not as much as I would uh as I had intended. I built a little gaming PC to uh to do just that, but I hardly have any time. Because you're working? Yeah, just work mostly, and uh, we, you know, we bought a house a couple of years ago, and it's, you know, it's constantly stuff to fix. So yeah, you were saying what two days ago you had a launch? Yeah, with uh, our animation studio, we uh, we have um, this schedule. I'm art directing a show, and we have a, a schedule where it's like we launch an episode every week for like four weeks. Uh, and then get like a week break. It's like a very nutty schedule, but our um, animation studio is in the Philippines. And so we have it really? like, so yeah, so we have it at like 6.30 p.m. our time, which is morning for them. I'm not sure I fully comprehend. So each week you're releasing an episode, but I'm assuming you've been working on these episodes for months beforehand. Yeah, so it's like um it's not releasing an episode. It's like so I mean we we make all the designs or not all of them, but we make the the vast bulk of the designs uh on our end and the and we send them over to the animation studio to be, you know, comped together and then for the character stuff to be animated. Mm-hmm. Is that something new for you or you've experienced that before? This kind of no, this process. Is, this is all. This is. I mean, I've been involved in the, like the animation pipeline, but um, not. I've never had to liaise with an animation studio before. This is the highest level I've been. And what are the differences? Would you say? Um. I mean, uh, my, you know, ro- role previously was like. Uh, uh, background like layout designer, which mm-hmm. is a very limited set of things you have to be concerned about. You know, it's like, you know, I never handled the color or anything. It was just, it's basically just drawing, you know? Yeah. Um, but this is, you know, I got to comp together scenes as to, or like, uh, you know, put characters and effects on backgrounds in color to see how they look together and, you know, 
give lighting solutions and it's it's a lot uh more holistic of a of a job and does that mean that your style shines through a bit more oh d- i mean definitely like this this show that's coming out i can't i can't talk like too too much about it uh but mm-hmm. it's been announced um it's called stugo and it was uh in the, I mean, I art directed like the animation test before it was greenlit, so it looks, it looks a lot like a. It looks like a lot. There's a lot of my work in it, but it's also, um, I don't know. My work has had like different directions throughout the years, and this is certainly like an avenue that I was in for a while. Hmm. Interesting. And I assume that's part of the goal, right, of climbing the ladder of animation to kind of uh, have your self reflected in the projects more. I think you, I think you look for that for sure. I yeah. think like uh, the end goal, I guess, would be to have something that looked just like. Well, I don't know. I can imagine that being the end goal of having a project that looks just like your work, but. Uh, I don't know. The more I've worked with a with a team, I really liked putting a putting a group of people together and uh, sort of building off of what I had sort of set up, rather than strictly adhering to it. Sure. Like I, I don't, I don't think that my my work is like the uh, the end all pinnacle of what I want to see visually. Yeah. Uh, so that's why you hire other people. How do you think you got to the position you're at currently? Because you've obviously done many different things like comics, right? And you've done background work. I don't know what you did before animation. It was just more like illustration, right? Yeah, illustration and comics before that. I mean, in this scenario, it's just that the the show creator, Ryan Gillis, had uh, had seen my work before and saved some of it for uh, for like his kind of mood board. And then when he was looking for an art director at, uh, at Disney at the time, uh, I was already there working on, um, backgrounds for, uh, the Owl House, mm-hmm, uh, Dana, Dana Terrace's show. And, um, you know, they, they just sort of connected us. I think we bumped into each other, like on the way to the bathroom and it was like, Oh, I know you, you know, it's very weird, but serendipitous, I guess. Do you, was that something from fantasy sports that he had in the mood board? No, it was, uh, it was just, um, it was just illustration stuff. I mean that, I mean, it's, it's so strange. Like my early, um, my early career just in illustration was always like trying to get out of the work that I was doing. Uh, cause so much of it was like, I feel like I was just like miscast for three years as I was like a, you know, too fantasy for editorial illustration and to not, not fantasy enough for fantasy illustration. Mm-hmm. So I was like, uh, you know, trying to get fantasy illustration jobs by like doing anything fantasy oriented I could, but I was only getting hired by like, you know, newspapers and magazines for like, you know, the articles that they have in newspapers and magazines, usually not about, you know, cool shit. So you got to figure out how to make it interesting for yourself. 
And you're saying in some ways that work was... Yeah, I always find it interesting. Sometimes artists really hate doing certain projects or or assignments, and it really connects to other people. I remember in college, this being the instance people work that uh, other people found really interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that's the case uh, a lot of times. Um, I don't know. When you come out of school, or when I came out of school, it was like a... Um, no one had any idea like how to get jobs aside from like cold emailing, uh, yeah, yeah. clients. Exactly. And so you, uh, you would have to like, I don't know, curate your portfolio a bit, which is, I don't know when you're 22 or whatever. I feel like that's very, very like limiting and, and it's hard to know what's going to get you work. And it's hard to know what's going to show yourself. Like, you put out work, it's going to bring in a certain type of work. Yeah. Yeah. So is that how you started the kind of the editorial out of school? You went to Micah, right? Yeah, I went to Micah. Uh, and yeah, it was just editorial out of school. I mean, I tried to get jobs doing books. Like that was a little more interesting, a little bit more narrative, but the stuff that was easier to get was, you know, newspaper magazine sort of stuff. Could you have imagined the trajectory you ended up taking? from did you know you wanted to end up where you are now oh no i have no idea i have no idea i still i still almost have no idea i'm mostly just like uh floating project to project uh if it seems cool um i never really had like a like a specific idea for what kind of work i wanted you know i just knew that like Oh, this is the stuff that I like to draw and people seem to respond to it. So how do I, is there a place for that? You know, and right. it turns out it's more in more in animation than anything else. Maybe that multi facets approach is best for, for animation, which has so many facets. Um, Cause I'm assuming you don't like strictly, strictly uh, identify as like a cartoonist or something. And if I gave you infinite money right now, w- would you just make comics or, or do you, you like that varied approach? It's very tough to say, honestly. Um, if I were given infinite money, would I just be doing <laughs> comics? Maybe, maybe, uh, you'd, no, be, I like, you'd be drawing no doubt, right? You seem like innately I'd be drawing for sure. Sh- for sure yeah, yeah, i'd be yeah. doing something like like that um i don't know maybe i'd just be in a garage i don't know f- doing tinkering. what oh yeah you uh, tink- you're a tinker I'm, i try tinker you know what are you tinkering i'm learning woodworking really yeah i'm i'm making i'm trying to make some stuff that's cool uh this is the thing since we since we purchased our house mm. everything is very expensive um and a lot of it doesn't seem like the the quality you get is uh, lines up with that cost a lot of times. So no, I learned how no. to make some stuff myself. Also, fixing things in your house like no one is harder to get a hold of and paid more right now than tradesmen, plumbers. Oh, it's you a know. miserable experience. I mean, good for them being in demand, obviously. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. They, yeah. People were shitting on them for a while now at the top. <laughs> I so I, um, I think for me, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in woodworking as well. And 
and this wasn't a decision I made because of AI or anything. It was made like four years ago, but I think more and more, as much as I love images, I just can't imagine that they're not going to be devalued to such a degree that uh, there's going to be a lot of satisfaction in just being able to build a real thing until they build some robot that can build a, <laughs> you know, like a chair. Buddy, they're uh, already there. But uh, True, true. But I mean, you know. No, I they can't. It. They I can't tinker it. like you tinker. <laughs> I do feel like the the longer I'm, uh, I guess the the longer I I live. I guess it's not about being in the workforce or anything, but uh, the older I get, I suppose the the more I I wonder about the like the reasons behind making things. I feel like I mean that's the only that's the only eventually that'll be the only discernible difference between. Sure. You know, AI art and art made by a person, which is that there's there's something inherently good and valuable and growing about making something yourself. Um, or you know, the reason so, yeah. why you why you sat down to make something is as important as the as the thing that you make a lot of times. And so I feel like uh I mean, going back to the original question, like, would I just be making comics? Like, maybe. I mean, there's there's certainly an aspect of me that just wants to be doing that or just wants to be, you know, drawing and telling stories. But uh, I really like working with other people on these animation projects. I really like having a, a team that I get to work with and manage and get to know and, like, I would miss that a lot. Yeah, no, I, I hear people say that a lot. And I also think it's easy to fantasize about going back into isolation, but then yeah, for sure, something yeah. is lost. And I always say, like, there's going to be plenty of time for isolation when you're 50, 50 and up, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, those are, I think, the years for, for entering into isolation. But while you're... Yeah in your 30s and 40s and whatnot, I feel like it's the time to contend with society at large in whatever way you can, even if, you know, uh, it's a totally, cartoon. Totally. But I do you, are you, you know, it's interesting. I realized lately I've been talking to a lot of people in the animation industry, and I guess that might be just the, the general inertia of, of the people I knew in comics and illustration and where the money is yeah, at. Yeah. Um, but there is kind of a doom and gloom uh, element to what's going on, it seems to mm -hmm. me, in, in animation. Um, but are you in a good mind state about, obviously you're working on a new show, and so that's good. Uh, do you, are you hopeful about, you know, the future of animation? Um, it's tough to say. I mean, there are ebbs and flows to everything, and we're we're currently in a in a state where our industry is uh, is actively being devalued uh, through all these you know mergers and that sort of thing. It's it's a it's a it's choppy choppy waters, I guess, mm. out there right now. Um, I am optimistic that you know a animation cartoons will stick around in some forms 
like I, I don't think this is going away. I do feel like uh, there is going to be some reconsideration as to what studios want to put out and whatever that means as far as like how many productions are on or like what sort of budgets are out there for things like there are still interesting things being made mm-hmm. I, I don't think that like uh i don't know i'm not overtly doom and gloom but also i'm cer- that's certainly from me currently having a job uh, it would probably be different if I were not employed, but there's, yeah, you know, yeah. there's, there's, there's things happening that I'm, I'm excited about. And, you know, you can only be hopeful that something comes out and it changes people's thoughts as far as what they want to put money into. Yeah. What do you think you look for in a cartoon ultimately? You know, like I was talking to Jesse Ballmer about my employee, Jesse Ballmer, Power, the power, the authority. <laughs> I know. I I was telling him today. Well, forcing. I, I'm forcing you were enforcing. <laughs> I was trying to. I'm trying to force him to draw less on the show that we're on. Why is he too good? I mean, he's all my all my desires are like incredible. What do you mean draw less? What does that mean? Draw less. Like I want him to draw fewer. I want him to make fewer lines. Less things. Less yeah. things per background. He's he's very very great at drawing, but. Part of our design ethos is uh, is to let things breathe a little bit. Mm, that's interesting. Anyway, uh, I was saying yeah, that yeah, yeah. when I talked to him, uh, and I had, I agreed with him on this that you know if he could make a show, he would make a very slow, uh, expansive, and sparse show. You know, not mm-hmm. like a very fast, hyperkinetic. Uh, yeah. You know, do you? Which I think is interesting, right? Like, obviously, when you're at a certain level, you're kind of at the behest of whatever project is being uh, put out there. And mm-hmm. I think it's interesting for me to understand what each individual would love to see out of a cartoon. And, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't watched... I'm pretty out of touch, you know? Like, I barely yeah. barely watched Adventure Time, and I, I feel like... I haven't watched. Maybe when I have kids, that'll change. But uh, yeah, I'm in the same same boat. Well, I'm curious what you, you know, like what do you think? Do you agree with this idea that you know the kind of more slower? I always think of Samurai Jack as a slow, interesting show that was so, like every everything was precise about that show to me, and I really like mm. that. Um, but when you step back from these projects you've worked on, what do you think resonates with you the most? Um, I just want things to be thoughtfully, interestingly done. Like I don't necessarily, I'm not like longing to make a slow show. I'm not like longing to make a, you know, like a really fast paced show. I think I was, I was talking with one of our, I was talking about uh, about effects actually in a, in our show with our um, one of the revisions director, I guess, who sort of like punches up scenes here and there. And we were talking about effects in the way that like you can have something that's like beautifully beautifully animated and like really intricately and delicately drawn, like in the way that you know a lot of like Ghibli effects are. Mm-hmm. 
uh, or, or I feel like that's a lot of the stuff that, that really gets people going, but I feel like there's an aspect to doing a lot with a little as far as like, or something that really like kind of gets me psyched about animation. I like when something is, when things are considered and not overly done just to kind of like flex a little bit. Hmm. What's a, what's a good uh, example of that <clears throat> in animation? Um, I mean, some of the effects we were looking at were from this mobile police series. Uh, it's an anime, but it's from, I guess the eighties. Yeah. 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 And I think they were, I don't know. There were like explosions and there was some framing to the animation that made them look really pleasing. Um, even though they were just repeated explosions, it was a, it was a framing and timing thing, which I, I found very appealing. But um, you're talking about Pat Labor, mobile Pat police. Labor? Yeah, mobile Maybe. police Pat Labor. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a it's a it's an '80s anime. There's something yeah, so think... interesting about the '80s effect of like that weird white light that occurs in '80s anime. I love that. You know what I'm talking about? It's like uh, yeah. it's like that. I don't even know how to explain it. I don't know how it's done. It doesn't look drawn to me. But that's there's, cool. I, I like I like hearing that you're referencing something like that. It's very interesting. I, I like a lot of that stuff. I like I like things that from that era, which the budgets were lower. I think you had less, like um, you had less, like computer trickery that you could do, less effects. And you know that you could glaze onto things, and so you had to figure out like, okay, what's a what's a good solution to to this or to that? You know, I mean, maybe that's because that's on our mind constantly with the the show that we're working on. But trying to get the most bang from your buck out of out of animation is is front of my list right now. Do you mean but, that? Do you mean that in a literal sense? Kind of. Uh, well. It's more like we're working with the constraints that our animation studio is a regular animation studio. You know, they're not the, mm. we're not working with Trigger or Studio Ghibli or whatever, or like we don't have the pipeline that like Scavenger's Reign has or whatever, you know? So what's that we're like? It, with, can you can you end up presenting an idea and they're just like, this is just not going to be do- doable? No, you'll you'll present an idea and then they'll send something back to you, which if your idea was not layered out in a in a concise way, uh, that is easy to understand and to replicate how you want it. It's it, it's just going to look bad. Hmm. And so figuring out ways to figuring out ways to sort of jump that 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 learning curve, I guess um is appealing to me which Gee. which i think lends itself to to like i mean going back to the to the, like the, the the tonal kind of or timing based stuff that you're talking about with jesse like would you rather do something that's you know kinetic and energetic or something slow and sort of like wandery i feel like that lends itself to something that's more kinetic and energetic mm-hmm so you i assume you understand the studio's strengths and limitations based on their prior work Yes, yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. 
Yeah. So you try and you try and put yourself and the studio in the best possible position. It's just like knowing knowing what they're capable of and knowing what you want and trying to find a way to achieve achieve that. And so what is your title again on this? Are you art director? Yes. And that is as kind of vague as the director of a film, right? That could entail many yeah. different literal things that you're doing throughout a day. Yeah, it's just whatever whatever this thing looks like. You know, that's that's a thing that I have uh, I'll have a say in. But no input on the story, etc. It's just a visual task, it's just, right? It's just visual, although um there have been I have had input on the story here and there as to like I will draw something and then our sh- our showrunner will uh, will like it and then figure out how to fit it in, you know, to the story mm-hmm. here and there, here or there. So there's there's a bit of of a push and pull there, but yeah, it's just what it looks like. And besides being good at drawing, why do you think you got to the position of art director? What kind of skills are required of that position? You think? Um. Well, it's a communication thing. There, there's not like my, my my whole day is not spent drawing for the most part. I often wish it was, but there's a lot of there's a lot of managerial stuff. There's a lot of um, I don't know. There's like there's like an element of teaching where it's like everyone that I have hired is like incredible at what they do but I have to teach them what this show is and like what the show is asking them to do, which is often the hardest part about working on a show is, you know, aligning your, your own work with the style ethos of the show without, I I mean, uh, not on some shows you do need to adhere perfectly to the the sort of style of the show, but I personally, I like to see everybody's, I like to know who's drawing what mm. when I look at it. Um, some of my favorite cartoons do that. And so figuring out how to thread that needle is, uh, or how to communicate that to people and know when something is threading, threading that needle. I feel like that's, that's a big part of it too. Is this your first time art directing? It's my first time. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I do find there's this weird sacrifice of maturation where even if you want to draw eight hours a day, um, as you gain certain other skills, you kind of are uh, indebted or bound to kind of impart knowledge or manage others. And and you, at least in my experience, you lose time doing what you quote unquote like at the service of a larger vision. And I think there's a beauty to that, but I think, um, I think it's hard to have both, you know, um, I don't eat, like, I think about Miyazaki a lot and I thankfully don't work in animation. I don't think it would be my kind of vibe, but mm-hmm. I'm always astounded in reading books about him by, what appears to me to be an ability to do all those things while drawing a lot and being yeah. heavily involved in in what is essentially his vision 
Uh, there seems to be no one I can think of at that level who even remotely resembles him. You know, like the Disney comparison is a joke. It doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I'm almost reluctant to ask you if you saw the new film and what you thought about it, but I haven't. I haven't seen it yet. All right. All right. Good. I'll see it. I'll see it at some point. But I, uh, I feel yeah. like it's a. I don't know. As you accrue skills, you have to figure out like what's the what's the best use of my time. You know, and it's yeah. As you become a, a storyteller or whatever, the best use of your time is probably not being chained to a desk all day drawing. It's probably an element of that but it's probably also something else yeah like you said there's going to be teaching there's going to be imparting the wisdom of that process there's going to be I don't know the ability to a type of wisdom that comes with visual languages uh, especially it seems to me that in the animation industry this kind of chameleon component that you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're talking about uh, that's uh, very interesting to me from the outside where I'm certainly if you have very talented people, you want them to, you know, you want a cohesive show, but you also want them to shine as individuals. I suppose it's analogous to a band or something of that nature. Yeah, I agree. Part of my mission at times is one, to introduce the artist, but two, to kind of introduce the reality of the twists and turns of a career and where you end mm -hmm. up and how. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's pretty rare that you yeah. you think you're going to end up where you're going to end up. Uh, there's, yeah. like, so many variables. Of course, we're all fortunate to be making any kind of art, I think, for a living. I agree. Um, but I can imagine this. there's many things that you're interested in outside of animation and, and that industry. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, like, when, when we were talking about would I be making comics all the time if it was infinite money like i don't know if i could you know i just uh like mentally i i feel like uh you know i haven't made a comic really and what my last fantasy sports book came out in 2017 maybe something like that so it's like seven years what do you mean by that could? Like, like that that hmm? focus that what 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 element do you um doubt oh just like um I guess I don't know. I don't know why. What I would. I guess I don't, I don't know whether any of the stuff that I would draw would be for any purpose. I guess, or like, mm -hmm. uh, or have any value in it to like inherently, you know, to make myself sit down and you know and draw and write. Like it's difficult. Um, you know what? That's precisely what I was thinking about when I my mind blanked out there. Like you had mentioned about the kind of efficiency of choosing your almost battles wisely, or picking your time to do this, that, or the other thing, whether it's drawing or 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 teaching here or art directing this mm -hmm. or that. And I feel like, at least for me in my twenties, there was this irrational impulse I had to make certain books. And I wasn't in the mindset of thinking, uh, you know, like I only have so much more time to live and I have to be more like uh, particular about which project I finish or which I don't. It was just for me, this irrational, like, sure, I'll spend three years on a comic book or two years. Absolutely, or, yeah. And it, uh, that's hard to, 
I don't know if you can regain that. Yeah, and I, I agree. I feel like uh, it's unlikely to me for me to get that feeling back. I definitely, um, you know, and this goes back to like when I was younger, like before I was in a before I was in a job that like valued, I guess, my work more yeah. as it does now. Um, I was like desperate to, to get somewhere, you know, to get somewhere else. Right. Or like, uh, that desperation is a fuel that like, it, it makes you want to like show what you can do and put yourself out there in a way that is very, I don't know. It's, there's a vulnerability to it and there's like a confidence to it that what you have to say, uh, is, you know, worth sharing. And, uh, you know, I, I think I've told this before, but like, I didn't make my first comic until I went to small press expo, uh, in, in Bethesda, Maryland and saw people putting out their own books and they, it seemed like achievable and it seemed like very, I don't know, very brave to like, you know, put your little, put your little thing out there. And that's kind of what I needed at the time. But now where I feel like maybe I don't need that validation as much, it comes down to like, do I really have something that I want to spend time on? Do I really have something, you know, to say more than just, you know, doing a little fantasy adventure story, which has value in it. But is that what I want to spend my time doing? I don't know. Do you feel that you have, how do I word this? I think there's people who have visions and, and, and they often end up doing X, Y, or Z to pay the bills or they fit into the animation cog in this way that doesn't, doesn't quite um, express their full potential. But then there's people I know who I think, oh, that's like, you know, they make more sense on a team and, and being an element of something larger and they can be really good at that one thing. Yeah. But what's interesting about you is there's the, you know, I assume with comics that there's, since it's such a singular activity, there's usually like a, a vision component. Um, do you feel that, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a similar question. It's like left to your own devices or do you feel that you're missing some aspect of self-expression um, when working on these bigger projects or do you feel you've just reached a part of your life where that self-expression isn't as necessary as you're saying with the, the kind of desperation to maybe differentiate or be seen. I think there's definitely an element to that. Like, I feel like there is an element of myself that is not expressed in the work that I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. um, but is it important that it gets expressed? Right, right. Is what, a, is what I wonder. Yeah. You know, Str like strange question. Yeah, it's a, it's interesting. No, totally. Like, yeah. and and is it like? Is I don't know. When I was when I was first making stuff, it was harder to see what other people were doing in general, and it was, you know, making comics was a way of communicating with people. Like, mm -hmm. hey, this is what I like. This is what I want to read. Here, you can read it. You know. But now it's like, 
like and everybody everybody likes the stuff that i like you know it's like mm. I, I feel, it feels a lot less interesting now or a lot less novel like mm. the, the yeah. novelty of of what i you know was doing is not not there anymore and so if an, if it's not a novel thing it, you have to figure out like okay what is the reason to put this out there and uh i just struggle to find that sometimes yeah i mean i think we live in an age where everyone always thinks they have to say something on everything in some way whether that's like an, I, a, a, I think that's true yeah whether an opinion like a or uh or or whatever and it is a weird realization to step back and to lose yourself in larger things involving others collaborations etc uh which are, I think, demonstrably healthier, clearly healthier. Um, but then you can look back with a little bit of nostalgia at the, as you put it, it's interesting, the desperation. or the Definitely. That's a different version of myself, you know. And, and yeah, that yeah. version, like, that version tried so much harder <laughs> than I do now. And what I, do you mean I, by that? What do you like? Try well, like in a like you are you more effortless? Do you think? I mean, I I think about things more now, or I guess like I'm I work more efficiently now. Mm. Um, I know what I know what I like my mark making to look like for the most part. And there was an element when I was younger of like searching, you know, for that, which I feel like is true for everybody as they, yeah, yeah. as they figure out not just their style, but like what brings them, what brings them joy from the work. And, uh, for a long time, I thought it was, I thought it was like that sort of like muscular drawing, if, if you know what I mean, this sort of like, uh, I'm good at drawing. I'm going to show how good at drawing I am. Sure, like, sure. Yeah, when I think of your work, I I see that. Yeah, and I do not feel that way uh, anymore. I haven't for years. I think to a to my uh, to my satisfaction personally. But um, yeah, so that it's, version it's, of me was trying so hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and the version of me now is trying to figure out how to do something simpler. Yeah, it's very very interesting the i can definitely relate to that and i don't know i don't feel any which way about it i think it's um natural to have these changes uh, but I, I can imagine it sounding weird to certain people especially people who don't i definitely draw. agree yeah well right. i think also there are there are people who's who are happy to spend their whole their whole life you know honing honing that their their single you know their single blade until it's you know the sharpest in the world but i feel like that was never that was maybe something that i wanted to do and is not not how it is now you wanted to do when you were younger yeah and when i say when i'm young when i was younger it's like when i was trying to find myself in my career I'm yeah 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 seven whatever now i think it's easier like, to 10 years ago to be attracted to these singular voices like Mobius, Miyazaki, etc., and it's a little harder to be attracted to a collective vision. Although for yeah. for me, um, there were certainly examples of like art collectives and 
maybe even TV shows that seem to harness the power often of independent cartoonists. Um, Mm -hmm. But as you see more examples and as you learn your own limitations, um, it's, it changes your perspective, especially when you, you can just step back and you can go like, all right, I'm not Miyazaki and I'm never going to be that for me. It's like Michael Jordan or something like watching a Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah, totally. totally. All right. uh, You know, I want to be great or very good at certain things, but uh, there are these forces these like singular forces these i think geniuses is fair and um yeah they're they're visionary sort of auteurs right and it's kind of weird to be in the middle a little bit it's like yeah totally like dissatisfied with the inability to be heard quote in some ways but then also like enjoy the collaborative and graceful elements of you know letting letting go in some sense yeah and i i think it's like i don't know that's a that's everybody has to sort of contend with that or everybody who's a who's a creator i guess has to contend with that at some period in their in their life like very few are those sort of watchers that that always have something you know something that they're trying to like say or express I feel like most people that I know have a, you know, have a wandering stage, I guess, where they have to figure things out. Yeah, the way I think of it is, I often think of art as just simply conversation. And most people you don't want to hear talking all the time. There's some people who, like, anytime you see them, like, oh, I want to hear what they have to say. Like, oh, my God, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is rare. And, um... Even for the greats, I think they have moments of, um, well, obviously missteps, et cetera. But it seems that their determination above all else to to just be a thing, one thing, uh, yeah. even, even at the diminishing of their role as a human or father or husband, et cetera. Now this, you're definitely just talking about Michael Jordan. <laughs> I was actually thinking about Miyazaki a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally, though. But that's the hard thing you, in your 20s to recognize. It's like it's pretty hard to imagine the the landscape of sacrifice and deficiencies to get to certain... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, ...places. And and also, I think life, there there's so many pleasures. Like, I don't play video modern video games because... Um, one, I just feel guilty and I feel death and I, I feel, I just feel like, like I'll play board games. I, I will say that I play board games because they're mm-hmm. social and physical. Yeah, you can sit down with friends. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I don't even know where the fuck I was going with this. No, I mean like pretty much the only, the only games that I play are, are ones that, you know, play socially with friends. That's my that's what I would the rule, want yeah. to be doing. Yeah. Oh, the reason I mentioned that is like, I mean, you could just get, like, I don't, I certainly do judge it. I'm not going to pretend like I don't, but <laughs> you could rationally get lost in the beauty of modern video games. I'm sure that I'm sure there's like worlds that are worth exploring <laughs> for years. And I just don't think like artists in the past even had these escapes. And so, uh, yeah, 
yeah, you I know, agree. we have pleasurable escapes on top of uh, a distracting world, and it, it creates. It's like it's. I'm, I'm not complaining about it. It's a stupid thing to complain about, but I think it gets in the way of of certain visions and also the saturation. Um, you know, I watch my stepdaughter make things, and it reminds me of oh, she just doesn't really understand how much exists in the world yet and she's constantly yeah. making little books and things and they're for her in a sense mm-hmm. it's really hard to return to that ignorance of what we were talking about earlier where you're just like oh yeah i mean the world absolutely <clears throat> needs this book and yeah totally. <laughs> yeah totally and with with in a pure sense because obviously like you know i think that's part of making art is the delusion of this is necessary and I think that's noble, yeah. but when it's like, this is necessary and I'm also making six figures, like, you know, this is a, <laughs> this is a different equation than the comic equation, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, I also, I also feel like, uh, there's, there's so much in our lives that are pushing us towards being isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, true, true, true. That's a good point. And so, so choosing, choosing that is difficult. To double There's down, more, more on than, that. yeah. To double down, yeah. That's it's a good point. Like yeah. a, it's easy. It's an easy thing to fall into. Like it's it's very easy to, you know, finish off the day and just like you know scroll your phone or whatever while the while the TV's on and like that comes from the push towards isolation and also exhaustion. Yeah. So it's not even like the push towards isolation. It's like, oh, that's a perfect time to be working on my book, you know. That is a good point. And that's maybe the relief I also feel from running um, like art-related businesses is yeah. now I, I run to the one hour I have to draw and I'm not convenient about it. Like in some ways I think it might, it's more efficient, but it might be less, uh, as you're putting it kind of ambitious and desperate to find yeah, like totally. a next level. But, and it's like, I don't even know if I've earned that, you know, I'm not like an 80 year old Chinese man making, uh, ink, ink paintings. Like I'm not, I'm not what, certain. What is, what is earning? What needs to be earned? I, yeah. I think I, what I mean is the, uh, how do I put this? So in my 20s, I was deeply critical of everything I made. And then in my 30s, there there became this kind of, uh, and I say this almost negatively, like this pleasure of drawing. And mm-hmm. and I'm not, what I'm saying is I'm not sure I earned that. Like um, I could imagine being 80 and, and understanding like Sumi ink to this level of perfection where like these things flow out of you in this... Um, this kind of you feel like like maybe that that sort of flow state is like a false thing i think there that i could be tricking myself into it in the type of complacency or fear of failure yeah that that's exactly what i was talking about with like the younger version of me was trying so hard and the the newer version of me is not so much and it seems like that's sort of like is that is that a bit of you know flow state enlightenment or is that literally just like <laughs> I'm lazier now? <laughs> you know, it's a, the the line between those is blurry. Do you do you understand if you like your work more? Uh, and I don't think there's an easy way to answer this question, but were or I'm assuming you were hypercritical 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still am. I still am. But um, but like, I do you my, feel you were more critical in the past? Yeah, I think my threshold for like what what I like out of my work, I think that goalpost has moved, has mm. changed. Uh, maybe not a move, but it has changed. Where like, if I draw something, I'm like, it makes me chuckle a little bit, even internally. I'm like, all right, that's a good drawing, all done. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's sort of the the sort of stuff. There's, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm better at seeing where the value is uh, now in my in my twilight years of thirty seven. Do you think you'll make fantasy sports number four? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, did it Did it end? No, not really. I mean, no. there was going to be a, a fourth book. Um, but uh yeah, I just haven't just haven't done it and uh I think that's fine. <laughs> you know, there's there's a there's an element of me that would want to close it close it out, but mm-hmm. um it's not even like is this necessary or anything? Like it's not that sort of feeling yeah. about it. It's it's mostly just like you know, there are other things on my mind and uh it just doesn't seem as vital Mm. to me anymore yeah i've always found it difficult and hard to fake the that's why i'm so impressed by people who can make you know whatever like a 300 issue comic um amazing yeah the ability churn out book after book after book yeah and with a kind of genuine enthusiasm and it's not just simply, oh, I got to do the next one, so I'm doing it. This yeah, is, no, I know. Some people are really, really, like, it has to be something with how you're raised, right? To, like, I'll be take it, really, yeah. like, really into your stories, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I like I, I like them. I like telling stories, you know? And I like uh, I like all of that, but there are certainly people who I feel like were encouraged in a way that I cannot fathom. I mean, I mean, I was encouraged, but I knew even when I was teaching, like, Oh, there are some people who, who have these sort of rich worlds that they're really passionate about, like growing inside of them, you know? Yeah. 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 hundred percent. And I feel like I'm maybe not like that. I, I think my ideal would be to like, I would love to have a comic or something that I just sort of like chipped away at. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like I would love to have to have a really long thing written that I could just like, you know, carve out a little bit here and there, and by the end you have a book. But uh, it's hard to just meander through something if you want it to have an, a, an appreciable arc. Which I think I'm. Uh, I've watched too many movies and and stuff to abandon that is yeah no that makes complete sense i think uh i don't know about if if it's how you're raised or sometimes i think it's about having nothing else and and it's just like this is the only thing i have is this world and Mm. and i love it and 
and there's nothing else I can do or would be happy doing. And I'm, you know, sometimes people are just like so disagreeable. They probably couldn't even fathom working on a team. I think that's an element of it. Or it can be, it can be. I definitely know some people who are, who seem like, uh, well-adjusted and, and, you know, can do the deep dive. Yeah. Yeah. And can do the deep dive and just like all of a sudden are, are, are gung ho about whatever, whatever story they're telling. And, you know, you know, like whenever you, if you ever see people who post like their, you know, they post their, their characters or whatever, they post a drawing of their, characters from their book and they're like I'm, I'm just so in love with these two yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. in my mind i'm like these are these are toys that you have you know fashioned yeah. in line and color like how could you have a yeah how could you think of them in any way besides like these are these are tools in my story but i, I don't know i know what you mean it's like even me like i just fucking drew garfield one day and then i said 50 more years of Garfield. It's just something about Garfield. That's really interesting. Did you ever have, did you ever have, have OCs? Did you What's ever make that? OCs? What's that? Original, original characters. Like, yo, know, here's a, there's a, there's this, there's, you know, there's like a whole. No, I don't know. There's like a whole realm of people who create characters and have like. No. Sort of internal stories that they cook up and but they never write the story, you know, it's, it's all, it's all like, Oh, these are the characters and these are their lives. And like, here's all of the things that they like and dislike. No, it's so antithetical to how I make books. Like I'm so inhuman process wise that, that I don't even, uh, like, it's more like my characters are a feature of a landscape than they are people or, and so I'm actually, I, I hope to challenge myself with this on the next thing I work on, but I, I never, I don't, I don't build worlds outside of the thing. I don't, uh, I don't get lost in the, and I think that's, you know, that's a criticism. Like, uh, my books are basically like page one and I move forward. And actually that's something I was about to ask you about scripting. Like for me, scripting ruins my spontaneity and magic and and my ability to approach the page each day um feeling like i'm not being employed by my former self who wrote the thing and that's a, yeah, that's a level of, that, that's an immaturity on my whoever part. that motherfucker is you know yeah yeah i mean i trust him but <laughs> but I, I i can yeah i've always valued the kind of spontaneity of of just going to the page but of course, like Miyazaki's, like like Howl's Moving Castle, I think the ending is just, I mean, maybe the it's worst um, of his movies. But when you learn about how he makes films, which is basically following like really good illustrations that connect with him and then building off that, like, and not even knowing the ending, it makes total sense. And the, I think it's true that the arc suffers. So with fantasy sports, you you tend to write the whole thing out, then draw it. Uh, I did for one and two, and for the third, I um, I basically did an outline, and then I um, kind of meandered a little bit. Like, I kind of knew what each page I wanted to do with it, but I didn't write dialogue or anything at that point. Um, 
And I think, you know, it was a bit of an experiment. It's like having a board driven show or a script driven show. Right. But, um, in my mind, I, I would, I like, I like reading, uh, a lot. And so I feel like I like pleasant words put together in nice sentences. Mm -hmm. And so that lends it to being written first. Um, so I think like, ideally it would be some sort of mix, right? Where it's like, I know where this story is going. I know the voices of the characters. I know kind of how they would say things, but, um, you have some space to sort of like, Oh, I drew this thing and now I kind of want to see where it goes or like mm -hmm. being able to, to meander a little bit, I think is appealing. Um, but I think like I, I, I've done it a couple of ways, you know, I've, I have made comics with a variety of processes mm -hmm. and I have not found a process that I feel like, okay, that's the way that I want to do it. Um, yeah, no, I get so that. not yeah, like not having that process plus not having like the sort of like desperation to do something has, has definitely, uh, has definitely put me in a state where I'm just not really making any stories. Were you implying that you read? <laughs> uh, yeah, I read I, uh, the books. I love, I love them. I read them. How often do you read? I'm, every day, usually. Really? I, I usually, yeah, I usually read like, uh, I don't know, like 40, 40 or 50 books a year. I, I try. What do you, if you don't mind me asking, what are you reading? Uh, what am I reading? Um, I'm actually doing, I'm doing reread stuff right now. Uh, what, is that, what does that the, mean? Oh, like I'm reading books that I've read before, mm. you know, stuff that I haven't read in a while. So I did, uh, I actually, I had to wait at the doctor's office at the ER for some stitches the other day, mm -hmm. uh, for like eight hours. And I read the entire wizard of earth sea, the first book, uh, my favorite, my favorite books ever probably was the reverse. That's the Ursula Le Guin. Ursula Le Guin. Yeah. Uh, the legend herself. Never read it. Seen the Goro Miyazaki film. So that's good enough for me. Yeah, that's good enough. That covers pretty much everything. <laughs> oh boy. They are, they're just the best. Um, what else? You're, so you really are a fantasy man. I'm a fantasy man. I, I read some sci-fi here and there, but I'm not a, not really a big sci-fi guy. I don't really sci-fi is so much about ideas and concepts. And, uh, I like a, I like a sword with a name mm -hmm. and I like, uh, I like a cool magic spell here and there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, fantasy man, fantasy man. And was this TV show or I don't know what you call it. Animated show coming out. Is that fantastical? Uh, sort of. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a more sci-fi than fantastical. It's very, it's, uh, it's in the sort of like, uh, some of our references that we pulled from are like the sort of Johnny quest style, like adventure stuff, but also like Ray Harryhausen. Nice. Is, you know, that sort of, that sort of vibe. It's an adventure thing. Uh, yeah. How are, how are you referencing Harryhausen? Not obviously in stop motion, oh, but just the feel. 
The feel. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, Mysterious Island is the thing that we talk about frequently. I don't know if you've seen Mysterious Island. I actually haven't. Um, it is the sequel. No. It's a Jules Verne. It's a Jules Verne thing. Uh, it's a 60s. I'm checking it out. Uh, yeah. There's an island. It's got real big crabs. It's a huge it's crab. Huge crab, huge birds, big beehive. These um, birds are insane. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah I'll watch they, that. They, they kill and eat that bird and they find like a they find like a piece of buckshot in it from somebody else and they're like, We're not alone on this island. Mm. Uh spoiler alert. But yeah, I, I know, sorry. Um but yeah, I mean it's like I don't know. I love all of Harry Housen's designs. I feel like there's so much like like interesting, weird ugliness to to how they move and like how the characters are. Uh, which I feel is interesting. And when is this show that you made coming out? Or that you work uh, on, sorry? I don't know. I mean, maybe <laughs> later this year, maybe early next year. Um, it's called Stugo. It'll be on Disney+. Plus. You will like it. It's a very good show. Who's you, me or the listener? You and listener. <laughs> I think ever honestly, it's really, really good. Really, yeah, it's really good. It's really funny. It's a kids' show, but it's like it's honestly and truly very funny and weird. Nice. So, and Jesse Ballmer is working on it. So, so friend of the program, I assume. That's right. Well, yeah. Enemy of the program. <laughs> so, how about you yeah. recommend a book to to wrap it up? Uh, recommend a book. Um, it's a ridiculous request. I'll I'll run through some if you if, yeah, you, if you got let's, time. Let's do it. <clears throat> well, obviously, Earthsea is big. Earthsea is huge for me. Um, all six of them, seven of them, six of them. Um, They're all worth each, reading. Every single one. They are. It turns into a very different series that it starts. The first book was. They asked Ursula Le Guin to write a <laughs> write a book for youngsters, write a book for teens, and she was like, "I don't know how to do that. I've never thought about who my books are for." Uh, and they suggested that she do a fantasy thing, and she was like, "All wizards are old. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would a young wizard be like?" You know, and so mm-hmm. it starts off as something that's like, oh, "Okay, young wizard goes to wizard school." Uh, so Harry Potter. But way, yeah, exactly. way before Harry Potter. But it 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 veers so. I mean, she's an incredible writer, first of all, and uh, she really has something to say about growing up in that first one, hmm. and then it veers very very quickly away from heroic fantasy into just like what it what it means to what it means to be a person alive in a world. Uh, really, really special stuff. Um, love those. Um, let's see. I really liked this past year. I read, uh, Tigana by Guy Gabriel K. I don't know if you've read that. No. Tigana. Yeah. Tigana. I think it's from 1991. Big, big doorstopper fantasy book. Uh, very like political, um, Political stuff, uh, slow and boring through a lot of it. Um, nice. 
but has I think three magic spells in it, and each one is like an absolute fucking banger that I will like think about forever. Um, the 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 spells themselves, the spells themselves, like the acts of magic, hmm. are done are very very cool and very impactful to like the world and just very strange. Um, that's really good. Um, Have you read called... Book of the New Sun? <clears throat> oh yeah, I didn't even wouldn't even bother to recommend Book of the New Sun. Amazing, amazing books. What was, uh, you know what's weird? And... I've only I've read the first Shadow and Claw because my friend Jesse Fillingham loves it, and that's what this that's podcast. That's the first two. That's the first two. Oh, is that two? Oh, I didn't read Claw. I read Sh- okay. Is it um... Shadow of the Torture? Shadow of the Torture. Yeah. Um, and this podcast is named after a very random line in that book. Wow. Yeah. And I, I, I hope to read all of it one day when I feel like, I mean, I admire your ability to read these kind of dense, heavy things while also working a lot. Cause sometimes yeah. I'm just like, uh, book, especially with book of the new sons. Like I don't, I can't be really, looking. Yeah, you I can't be read looking all the words. You gotta read yeah. every single one. Yeah. Uh, all right, so you're, yeah. you're really fantastical. Yeah, I love Book of the New Sun. When I was in fourth grade, I bought, or I found in the library, uh, Barlow's Guide to Fantasy. You know that book? No. Uh, Wayne, Gar- Barlow's Guide to Extraterrestrials is another one. Wayne Barlow, the painter, concept artist. No, uh, I'm not that fantastical. Are you not? I thought you no, were. No, uh, no. You're a normal man. Out there in the like, I'm caught. Yeah, I'm kind of caught okay. between like I like being I'm I'm kind of a realist, but then uh, uh I'm like a Lord of the Rings guy. I don't okay. uh, you know, I read a little Harry Potter here and there. Didn't, okay. uh, didn't you know, and then I love Star Wars, didn't care about Star Trek. Uh, yeah. you know. Just trying to I don't actually know where I fit in the sci-fi fantasy. Uh, in, the, in the Venn diagram, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, um, I, didn't, I didn't want to interrupt. But I just did. I've never mentioned that the show is named after a very random sentence. Same in, uh, the show. Blind shovel. Blind the shovel. Show. Yeah. Wow. There's no reason anyone. I'll I'll try to pull it up and send it to you. Um. Well, uh, well, when I found okay, fourth grade found uh, Barlow's Guide to Fantasy. It is basically a. Uh, a book of fan art by hmm. this painter, Wayne Barlow, who is a concept artist. Uh, he did, um, he, he's done a lot of stuff with Guillermo del Toro. He did a lot of the kaiju from Pacific Rim. He did a lot of, uh, you know, he's done a lot of stuff here and there. Um, he did a book called uh, Inferno, which is about like a, a taxonomy of hell, uh, mm-hmm. which is extremely gnarly looking. He did a, a book called Expedition, which Discovery Channel like made a made it like a special on. That's like a, here's life on an alien world. It's like really well thought out. But um, yeah, he did these two books of fan art of just like characters from books that he liked, and uh, the Alzebo from. Uh, Book of the New Sun was like the very first one. Hmm. So I bought that book when I was in fourth grade. Oh, so you're, you're seasoned. I, tr- I tried so hard to read it, but 
I didn't read it until years later. But Book of the New Sun rules. Um, uh, Earth. Right, I'll give you. I'll give you one more because you were dropping some oh, dense. Sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> seven, well, I was gonna... seven book, four book. Uh, yeah, we got two yeah. book. Earth, we... Earth sea is an easy, an easy read. What age? Should, a... What's the ideal age to read that? Earth sea. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a book for teenagers, but it's like, you know, I, I think I think reading it now, you'll get a lot out of it. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. You can, you know, you read it in a day, pretty much. It's like 250 pages. Uh, easy read. Um, but also, I read a book called Black Tongue Thief earlier this year by Black. Christopher Bu- Buhlman. Um, just it's a, cool, uh, it's a cool, cool name. It, it's a cool name. It is a cool book. It is. Uh, it's basically like a. Uh, it's a. It's a fantasy book. And it is a very kinetic sort of like bouncy fantasy book. There's a lot of strange stuff that goes on. And when you read it, it's very easy to picture it animated, like, like loop in the third or something mm-hmm. and, uh, like very sort of like sc- screwball kind of stuff. It's just a blast cool. to, read, to read really fun. All right. I think that's sufficient. Yeah, I like books, man. What can I say? That's that's great. Um, thank you for your time. I appreciate of it. Of course, well, a pleasure. Right. I hope you stay fantastical. I don't know any other way to be. And then people need to watch this show coming out whenever it comes out, and that is whenever called Stugo. 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 All right. Well. Yep. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. (laughs) No problem. Music by Dory Bavarsky and Ming Jia Chen. Next up, we have John Dole. Enjoy your week.